Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When I showed you those handcuffs and I said that sin is bondage, You understand that if you were there. If you weren't, you understand it today. But most people, including Christians, they do not understand they're in bondage to money. Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. I'm free. What do you mean I'm in bondage to money? Are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. That's what the Bible says. See, it's not just sin. It's the things of this world. Many Christians believe that because they now belong to Jesus, they're immune to temptation or the effects of sinful society. That's just not true. The Bible says that we're to be in the world, but not of it, which indicates that we can be affected by it. Jesus prayed along those lines in John 17 when he asked God to protect his followers. Pastor Mark is going to be teaching along the same lines by helping us understand the ways that the world system can influence and even control us. We'll be learning the importance of making money serve us rather than the other way around. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John chapter 8 with his continuing series called Free to Live as God Intended. I want to show you one thing, and this is so powerful because people don't understand what being free means. Early in this year, by the way, we have thousands of people already signed up for uh, financial peace. And many people took it earlier in the year. Here's the classes in January and April. Those were our employees and the volunteers. And here's what happened. At the beginning of those classes, combining those two classes together, not talking about house mortgage debt, credit card debt, car debt, you know, that kind of thing, closed debt, those kind of things. The debt was, from those two classes, $6.5 million for 261 homes. Now think of that. That's our campuses. At the end of nine weeks of going through the classes, they paid off almost $600,000 in nine weeks. Plus, they saved another almost $700,000. See, it works. You say, well, it won't work for me. Yes, it will, because they're biblical principles. And that's what we're going to talk about today, okay? Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Here's a picture that we really don't want to see anymore. But I use this as an opening because... It's powerful for us. These were the words that you see in the picture that the couple said. This was paradise. Now it's a pile of debris. That was their home. Now I want you to look at the picture for a moment. Very simple. 
What is valuable in that picture? Is it the house? Is it the location of the house? What is valuable? The husband and the wife. Well, see, that is not strange to us. Jesus says it like this, Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, Jesus speaking, watch out. Be on your guard against wanting to have more and more things. Life is not made up of how much a person has. As we've been teaching for many years, if you pick up the Bible and look for priorities, you see three priorities. God, people, and the use of our time. It's because the only thing that's going to last are people for eternity. The rest of it is simply gone. Now, during the last few weeks, before the storm, we were talking about, if you will turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8, we were talking about being free To live a life as God intended. What kind of life did God intend for you as a Christian, as a Christ follower to live? What does that look like? And we're going to see today, what does money have to do with it? Well, it has a lot to do with it. Now, as you look in John 8, 31, Jesus was talking about one thing. That if you're not a Christian, you're living with sin. Because we sin by nature and we sin by practice. And Jesus said, sin makes us in bondage. And we talked about if you're a sinner before you come to Christ, you can't set yourself free from the penalty of sin, which is death. There's no way for you to do it. That's why Jesus came. So he was talking and telling the people about that. And Jewish people began to believe. Look at verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, now if... There's always a choice. Should I take the course? I won't take the course. That's your decision. If you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. What Jesus was simply saying was this. See the word hold, read it, the word, meditate it, absorb it, stay in it, obey it, experience it. What he says is this. Oh, you can believe in God. The Jews believed in God. You might even believe in me, Jesus. But unless you stay in the word, unless the word changes you, if there's not a change in your life, You've never really become a believer. And so he talked about the importance of obedience and and getting wisdom and strength and direction in our life. Then he gave another benefit. Look at verse 32. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, truth doesn't come without change in our lives. And you will never be free financially the way you should be Unless you make some changes in your life. So we're introducing this morning another aspect of spiritual freedom. But it has to do with money and possessions and generosity. It's a topic that all of us have. Now, understand, you just, when I showed you those handcuffs and I said that sin is bondage, you understand that if you were there, if you weren't, you understand it today. But most people including Christians, they do not understand they're in bondage to money. Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. I'm free. What do you mean I'm in bondage to money? Are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. That's what the Bible says. See, it's not just sin. It's the things of this world. And so many Christians, and of course, that's why Dave Ramsey came, and that's why he's all over the world, because people do not understand this. So let me show you the twins of money bondage. Write it down this morning. The bondage of the money twins in our lives 
is get and debt. Say it with me. Get and debt. Get means more, 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 more. Greed, envy, more, more. And it always leads to debt. And that's the bondage. Now we're going to talk about the benefits of money. Because we all have to have it to live. But the dangers of money and wealth as well. How many times does the Bible speak directly about money? 300, 700, 1200, 2500. How many times does this Bible talk about money? 2500 times. Now why didn't you know that? Because Satan likes to take us away from those principles. Can you imagine? Now, you say, well, is that really a lot? Well, let me show you something. The New Testament talks more about money than heaven and hell together. Are you kidding me? God talks about money more than heaven or hell in the New Testament? I just told you, yes. Uh, five times is said more about money in the Bible than prayer and faith. That doesn't even seem common sense, does it? Listen to this. Jesus, when he was here, gave us 38 parables in the New Testament. 16 of the 38 talk about money. Now, is God trying to say something to us? Hello? Did you just listen to me? Yes, here's what you want to do. Turn to your neighbor and say this. Money matters. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now. Money matters. Well, how do, I, how do I know money matters? Because God says it. God knew the power of money. Think about that. He knew the power and the influence of money. And so he writes about it over and over and over again in the scripture. I know some of you are saying right now, Pastor Mark, I thought this whole series was free to live as God intended. What in the world does that have to do with money? Everything. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'd be devoted to the one and despise the other. Let's read this last line together. Here we go. One, two, three. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, it isn't interesting that in that verse, take a look at this. He doesn't say this. You can't serve both God and sex. He uses the powerful word that he wanted to use, money. So you can see what Jesus is saying. You'll see it all through the teaching today. Here's God. He's to be first in our life. What's the biggest threat over that? Money. And every one of you have it in your wallets, in your bank accounts. With your credit cards. So get and debt are the dangers. They're positive very much, get is, because money is needed for all of us. And we'll go through that as we see it. Look at this principle. Learning how to handle money is the key to living a life of freedom. Learning how to handle it. You handle it rather than it handling you. Now, what's our problem in our nation? Our government knows how to handle money fine. I would like to say to you that the majority of Christians know how to handle money fine. I'd be lying 
That's why we are doing this. We're doing it for you so that you could understand how you can finally be free to do the things you need to do. So as we work through this, it all comes from biblical principles because money is a part of every part of our lives. Think about when the storm came. Irma, what did we do? Well, we spent money to make sure we had gas in our cars. Anybody gas up your car before? Of course. Of course, the price didn't go up, naturally. Those of you that had generators, did you make sure you had enough fuel? Yeah, you had to buy for that. How about food? When you went to Publix or Aldi or whatever, what'd you find the shelves? Empty. Well, how'd you get that food? I just put it in a bag and walked out. Pastor Mark, no, our jail ministry doesn't operate with you. You paid money for it. Now, how about the hurricane shutters? What a joy that was, right? Putting those up and down. We had to buy those things at some point. So someone has said, we devote our lives to earning money, glory in spending it, lie awake at nights trying to figure out how to have more of it. We bow at its feet. We salute its command. Well, that's it. You see, money, if not control, brings bondage. It brings bondage, listen, to individuals, to families, to homes itself, of course, our government, and to churches. The number one problem in marriages in our world is not affairs and sex. It's money. Trying to figure out how to handle it. How much can you spend? How much can you spend? What did you just buy? Are you crazy? Money is the number one thing. Well, here we go again. It rises to the top. It's good. We need it. We love it. We have to, to a point. Use it, of course. But there's some dangers that God wants to tell us. Now, if you will, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to be camped out here in this chapter. Now, Paul is writing to Timothy, who has a church. And he's talking about false teachers in the church. Look what he says. 1 Timothy 6, 5. And there's constant friction between men of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and think that godliness is a means to financial wealth. So Paul was talking to pastors who were corrupt, that God's truth was absent. And they were motivated. Just just picture me as one of those false teachers. I'm motivated not by feeding you, not by taking care, not by serving you. I'm motivated by money, and I want to get rich. And Paul says to them, what is wrong with you? You're not here to get rich. You think that, that teaching people for you to get rich is really a positive thing? We know that today, by the way, there's a name for that kind of teaching. It's called the prosperity gospel. It's all false. You'll go to churches today that will say, oh, you're sick? Well, what sin do you have? Well, I don't have any sin. Oh, you don't have enough belief. That's why you're sick. Anybody that's a Christian is never sick. Now, don't laugh at that. That's preached from many of our pulpits. You want to be, oh, you, you live in a house like that? Oh, no, God wants you rich. He wants everybody rich. What false teaching? Well, there it is. Paul says, no, no, success and personal well-being have nothing to do with material prosperity. Then look at this verse that Paul gives us. This is so powerful. Watch what he says. True godliness, having the character of God, being a follower of Christ with contentment is itself great wealth. 
You see, if you look and say, well, look at the money I have in the bank and the stocks, man, man, I'm a godly person. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with it. You want to take that prosperity? I can never believe because it's been around for so long. Can you imagine taking prosperity gospel to many of the nations of our world? Are you kidding me? They don't have enough to eat. I've been in India many times. And I watch people making their dinner. A little bit of rice and a vegetable thrown in. They're going to have that maybe twice a day. That's it. Nothing. And I'm going to teach them the prosperity gospel. That you're not godly unless you have a lot of wealth. How foolish this. It's almost the other way. Paul says, no, if you have contentment and you're becoming like God, that's very, very valuable to you. Now, Here's what I want you to write. How far does that contentment go? Well, here it is. Contentment means I'm satisfied with God's plan for my life right now. He's directing me. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And with what he provides. With what he provides. I'm satisfied with that. God has a plan for you. For every single one of us. And if you stay in line with him... He just fulfills that plan. Now, you'll see in a moment, Paul was serving God. Initially, he was an unbeliever, killing Christians. But he began to serve God. And when he began to serve God, difficult things happened to his life. But watch when you see this scripture, what Paul learned from it. It's so powerful as we go. Take a look at this. I'll read it to you. Paul says this. I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances. Let me just stop there for a moment. I haven't learned that totally. Have you learned to be content in every circumstance? Anybody want to raise their hand? I'll challenge you in an instant. Sometimes I'm not content. Uh, When electricity went out, were you content? One afternoon it came back on. And my wife and I went, praise God! It's fantastic! Wow! And we put all our lights away, our flashlights away, and one minute later it went out. That's a true story. What are you doing, God? Don't laugh at me. You're exactly the same. Paul says, no, it's not that I'm not in need or whatever. I've learned to be content with whatever. Notice he says this, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Wow. I haven't got there, but I'm working toward it. Think of that. Contentment is an internal thing. It doesn't come from money and stuff. You'll learn many people falsely believe this, that money brings security in their life. Now, if you watch that storm, Did it come down the streets and go, there's a multimillionaire, I won't touch him, we'll go to this one here. No, it just came down the streets. And you'll learn, money is not your security. God's our security. And you'll see that in the teaching. Well, look at verse 7. Now, why does Paul say it isn't about stuff? For he brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. Now look at me. We brought nothing in the world. We can take nothing out of it. Every single person 
understands that. But we don't live like it. We don't live like it. We know that. How stupid could we be? But we simply don't live like it. Here's somebody that forgot that principle. And it's true for all of us. Prince. I thought this was so interesting when I saw the article come out. Because this is written by a secular magazine. Look what it says. Prince, say these next two words with me. Left. Oh, they know biblical principles. He left behind 25 million in real estate. Huge amount of cash. We don't know how much. 67 gold bars. How much did he leave behind? All of it. All of it. The key word that you just read from Paul is nada, zero, not one thing. When we leave this earth, we simply leave with nothing. If you were a dad and you went to your, in those days, maybe they still allow it. You go to the hospital and watch your wife deliver your firstborn or whatever. You're there and you work with her with all the exercises and stuff like that. And you're there and she's in pain and she holds your hand and squeezes it like a 500 pound guy. (laughs) I was pain. It's like crazy. And you watch that baby come out. You're so excited. And that baby came out all dressed with a shopping bag. They take you down to the psych ward. <laughs> now, how does the baby come out? Baby comes out naked and empty-handed. How are we going to die? Say it with me. It's okay. You're naked every day. What's the problem? <laughs> We're going to die naked and empty-handed. So why do I worry so much about my wealth? Because I'm taking how much with me? None. Well, the whole principle is to learn to control money so I can send treasure to heaven. See, I can't take anything with me, but I can send things that last forever to heaven. What lasts forever? People. That's it. Nothing else you have. I don't care about your warranty. It doesn't last forever. So when we look at this, understand, Jesus gave us one of those illustrations. One of the 38, 16 of them had to do with money. Remember the rich man? Build more barns, more barns, more barns, more barns. Look what he says, Jesus. But God said to him, you wise investor, you. No, seriously, look at what Jesus said to him. You fool. That's why we're offering this course. You fool. You will die this very night then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. We learned today that money can control us in ways we're not aware of. Pastor Mark taught that in the world system, get and debt are the two ways we can find ourselves in bondage financially. The important thing is to remember that we're supposed to be serving God first. Everything comes after. Money is intended to be our servant, not our master. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, we'll continue this discussion of the role of money in the life of the Christ follower. Pastor Mark will begin speaking about the importance of contentment in the life of the Christ follower. We'll learn about the proper place for material possessions in our lives and how to get our priorities straightened out so that we can serve God more effectively. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.